America's founders knew power corrupts, and ultimate power corrupts ultimately, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. That's why they built in checks and balances to prevent any one group from seizing all power. And that's why our president is elected by a college of electors, to protect the rights of little states like Delaware and Wyoming against giants like New York and California. After all, our country is a republic, the United States of America, not the United States. Our states are independent, sovereign powers who created the federal government, not the other way around. And that's why all power ultimately lies in we the people and the states, not a central dictatorship of cronies. Did you know that? Thank God for the U.S. Constitution. Find out more how our amazing Constitution and Bill of Rights protect us, the citizens, against power-crazed politicians in Washington. Help us take back America. Go to OurAmericanRights.com. Brought to you by the American Media Council. The following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for RadioLawTalk.com. With your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, radiolawtalk.com. Happy New Year! I'm Frederick Penny, your host with Denise Dirks, Todd Cunin, and our producer, Cal Hunter. This is going to be a good year, 2020. The people that are the most happy or the happiest for it being 2020 is whom? You don't know what I'm going to say, do you? Whom would be the most important or most excited or happy people to have it the year 2020? Well, I'm just guessing marijuana users are really looking forward to the month of April because it's going to be 420 for like 30 days. Well, okay, that's good. But no, that's not it. It is... 2020, man. Oh, 2020. Ophthalmologist. Oh, 2020. Ophthalmologist. No, ophthalmologists will like to. No, the show. The show, yes, 2020, yes. man. It's automatic. Advertise it for them. Are they still on? They're still on. Oh, and 2020 yeah. is going to be like, hey, it's 2020. That's right. That's who we are. Just, just like I told you, my wife asked me, where do you see us a year from now? And I said, I don't know. I no longer have 2020 vision. I don't know. Oh, oh come on. It's a groaner. You know what? Also, I've, co- I've heard a lot of complaints about 2020. I don't see any Jetsons vehicles around there. They said in 2020 the Jetsons cartoon was was set in 2020, and 2020 they had the little flying little cars, and they go and those walkways that you could go above the air. Jetways, yeah. Yeah, what's up with that? There's no more of that. But they but they do still have Judy Jetson spending all of her husband's money. Do they really? That hasn't changed. Yeah, you know. And where Mr. Spacely forces George to push the button one time in the factory, and it was just way too much work for him. He was exhausted after yes. having to push the automation That's George button. Jetson and George yeah, Jetson. George, George yeah. Jetson. That's, well, His wife, Judy. Hey, uh, Cal, yeah, yeah, while we're talking, yes. oh, go find that, uh, and let's yes. play the George Jetson's theme, okay. theme yes. when we get a second. Uh, today we're going to talk about a, a number of things. If you want to call in, it's 855-LAW-RADIO, 855 855- Five two nine seven two three four, or tweet us at Radio Law Talk. Um, remember, seek legal counsel. We're talking about general topics of law. We're not giving legal advice. Here's the George Jetsons 2020 that was set in 2020. I used to watch this all the time. Yes. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. 
Yes, listen to those cars. Meet George Jetson. Yep. Uh huh. Jane Elroy. His boy Elroy. Yeah. When Elroy and the little capsule drop him off at school, down he drops. Yeah, but what they're doing, Cal, is they're driving those little space cars. And Judy goes to Orbit High School. Orbit oh. High School. Very cool. Yeah. All right, you can turn it off. That did not happen, those of you out there listening to us on Radio Land. I'm disappointed. That <clears> George Jetson things, yeah. uh, cars did not come about, and there's no such thing as Orbit High School. And there was no cat mm. in the Jetsons. Sorry. Mm. Sorry, Todd. Well, that's because the uh, cats were no longer pets. They actually became part of the ruling class. <laughs> We're going to talk about private property lawsuits today, <laughs> since we're not talking about anecdotal stuff. That's that's a very interesting uh, discussion that we're going to get into. It's about private property lawsuits. There's a couple of there's a 2020 law we're going to talk about about maybe how dreadlocks may be an issue in the new 2020 laws. Uh, this pro- but this private property lawsuit uh, that's happening in Oakland, California, may affect property rights throughout the United States. And we're going to talk about that. We've got Hunter Biden. We're going to talk about paternity. Everyone's like, oh, you know, we're going to talk about political Hunter Biden stuff. No, this is all about the paternity issues we want to discuss. And we're going to stick to the paternity and some bizarre twists in this paternity lawsuit of Hunter Biden's child. And we're going to discuss that. And then uh, the state of Washington is suing suing Johnson & Johnson. We're going to talk about that also. But the most important thing that you have to remember here is I smoked my two compadres here in the case or no case last hour and got both points. Well, I got and one. You got so one. You Denise smoked. Gunsrail. You smoked. Mm-hmm. You smoked Denise. Uh, yep. you, you know, it was uh, something between smoking and winning with me. All I got to say is uh, I'm going to win again. Cal, let's roll a good case or no case so I can win more points. I see. Well, that's what it's about then. Here we go. Here we go. Now it's time to play case or no case. Yeah. In 1998, a Mr. Lloyd wanted to join a gym, and the closest one to him was a Curves Gymnasium in Arizona, where you could go in and do your workout and all that stuff. Mr. Lloyd went in there and said, I would like to join this gym. And they said, I'm sorry, we'd love to, Mr. Mr. Lloyd, James Lloyd, but uh, this is a woman's only gym. We have some women here who don't like to be ogled. We don't have women who like to be seen by anyone other than other women as they work out. And Mr. Lloyd said, I'm going to fight against the tyranny of women-only health clubs by going to a lawyer. Mm -hmm. So uh, I ask you, Ms. Dirks, your first this time, case or no case? Well, this is akin to the private men's clubs. I think so, probably. And Yeah, yeah. very much. But that's kind of the key, isn't it? is if it's a private club, then they can actually exclude mm. or limit their membership. But if it's a public club, they can't. So, what, so the question is, is Curves the definition a of that? private right, or right, public right, right. It's got to be public, Jim. It's got to be public. You, you, They pay. Anyone I mean, can come in. Can join That's it. a woman can come in and join it, according to them, Right. I, I say it's public. Well, I, I, I'm not going to say anything. I don't want to give Denise any chance to, you know. <laughs> to get some points. She's huh? got to go first. Well, um, I'm going to say, oh, gosh, here I go again. I'm going to say go. no case. 
Okay. All there we right. Go. Mr. Penny, what I, say I am you? going to say is that the two interesting uh, things that I noted here. The first is it's 1998. Mm-hmm. So this is 2019. I'm saying for sure. 2020. Mr. Yeah, but I'm saying as of last year. As if it's 2019, <laughs> last year. That was good. Uh, I'm serious. I'm thinking, too, if it's 2019 and what we have seen in the laws going forward with this type of an issue, he wins. It's a case that he wins hands down. But in 1998, I don't think they were quite as progressive, at least the courts at that time. I say it's a case. He sues. He loses, even though in 2019, or as my compadres here, 2020, he would probably win. So, case, he loses. Mr. Kunin, what say you, my friend? I don't think that this qualifies as a public place in the sense that a public place would be like going into a supermarket. You have to pay to go in. You just walk in. This but is you more to like to get out. It, yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is more like sounds a like club. a Hotel California <laughs> exactly, song. Exactly. This this is more like a, a men's club where you have to go through the membership process. You pay dues. You go in. You're paying for the exclusivity. So I mean, they are called health clubs, and so I would say that this would be part of the exception that Denise talked about. I think that this is a case. I can see somebody just trying to do it just to raise a stink. And so I think that it is a case, and I think that he loses, and I think he would still even lose today. But for this purpose, this one, it's a case, and he loses. The club is allowed to exclude. Denise, we could catch up. Oh, we're going to come back after this because Cal's were out of time. We'll find out whether or not this is a discriminatory case. Go away. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Concussion Medical Clinic knows active people run the risk of the concussion. Soccer, football, even a simple fall can lead to a brain injury. Concussion Medical Clinic can test you before you start a sports program so they can have a baseline and more quickly diagnose a concussion should one occur. They also offer expert witness services if you're involved in a concussion case, and their specialty is the treatment of concussion. So if you have suffered a concussion and want the best concussion care available, give Concussion Medical Clinic a call. 916-259-4043. 916-259-4043. Concussion Medical Clinic. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. If you're one of those independent people who wants your own business and you love food service, we just might have a great opportunity for you. Iceberg Drive-Ins. 
Iceberg is famous for its thick shakes and delicious food. We lend you our supply chain and expertise, and you can potentially have a thriving, successful, fun business that your customers will love. Iceberg Drive-Ins has some prime areas available right now, so if you're interested, get in touch with us right away. Go to icebergdrivein.com and click on the Contact Us button. Iceberg Drive-In, ready to grow with you. Dish TV is better than cable TV. Why? Because you can save 45% on packages compared to your high-priced cable bill. Wow. Take those giant scissors out and cut the cable and save with Dish TV. Plus, you get a free DVR upgrade to record your favorite shows and free installation. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch TV for free on your mobile device. Act fast. You can save hundreds of dollars. Does your cable company do that for you? I don't think so. Get all the best TV programming at your fingertips at a fraction of the price of cable TV. So say adios, arrivederci, goodbye to the high cable bill, and save up to 45% on Dish TV packages today. These are limited time offers and can change at any time. Call fast, 800-814-5108, 800-814-5108, That's 800-814-5108. When you were a little kid and you thought about what you wanted to be, teaching was at the top of your list. But things changed. And as you got older, teaching didn't seem like the best option anymore. So you're thinking you'll be something else. But what would your 12-year-old self say? Now you want to be a doctor. You don't think teachers save lives? 25 at a time. An actress? Try playing a different role every time the bell rings. How about a scientist? Ever heard of physics? Chemistry? Who do you think teaches that? Teachers today are breaking down obstacles, finding innovative ways to instill old lessons, and taking learning far beyond the four walls of the classroom. It's time to recognize that great things are happening in teaching and put it back on your list. Don't try to convince yourself otherwise. You had it right the first time. Find out how you can make more at teach.org. Make more. Teach. Brought to you by Teach and the Ad Council. I'm going to quick quack car wash. Get my car washed. Make it quick quack. Pretty shiny sexy just because I want to. Don't drive dirty. Going to get my car suds in the quick quack car wash. It's the quick quack quickest and the cleanest by far. We're talking three skinny minutes sitting right in your car. Watch a hundred feet of cloth. Washing your car at the quick quack car wash. Any Honda, Mazda, Ford, or Chevy, Sauber, Cadillac, quick quack. Don't spruce her up just like that. You'll be happy looking snappy. You'll be glad you was at the quick quack car wash. Get on the web and go to don'tdrivedirty.com and see where you got your closest quick quack in the local area. Get in your car. Get in your truck. Get on the road and come visit the dock. Quick quack car wash, where your car will always leave happy, guaranteed. They take pride in being clean and green by conserving and recycling the water they use only at the Quick Quack Car Wash. Are you serious? This is Radio Law Talk. Case or no case, we were talking about the uh, 1998... uh, the uh, Lloyd wanted to join a gym called Curves in Arizona, and he was a male, and they said sorry. And he, the question is, did he bring a lawsuit? Is it a case? And what was the outcome? Denise said no case. 
both Todd and I said cases, and both of us said he loses. So let's start with Denise. She said no case. Is that correct? And, yes. And she's the only one who said no case. Is that correct? Yes. So therefore, I'm oh. so sorry, Denise. It was, in fact, the Denise, case. Denise, it's a bad. 2020 has started off bad for you. I'm, I feel so bad. <laughs> yeah, you, you look all broken up about I'm this. I'm so <laughs> broken up about this. Yeah, you can get the sincerity in his eyes right there. Oh, my God. Okay, so here's the thing. Uh, he, he sued. The judge ordered the club to let him join. He got no damages, nothing. He just had to join the club and pay his dues, and he could go in and exercise if he wanted to. But, in fact, this same club still discourages white chromosome members. They discourage it, but they can't stop someone who wants to come in and pay. So the judge, he wasn't a precedent-setting ruling or anything, but he just went in and said, uh, considering the thousands of women-only gyms still exist around the world and the fight against the tyranny of women-only health clubs must go on. So the guy won the case, but all he, all he got. So he won. So, but you guys but get one each. One point each. Yeah. And we looked it up, and it does still say cur- there are curves women's is in only. business, and right. it says women's only yep. exercise. Yep. I, mean, I, I was wondering. It, I don't know what uh, <clears throat> stage in the transition Caitlyn Jenner is, but if it's if if she hasn't. Uh, if she hasn't had any altering surgeries done, or he, uh, I'm pretty sure she has. Yeah. But if, when when she came out and started dressing as a female, but hadn't had anything done, could she go to a could she go to a curves saying that I identify as a woman, despite what my biology says, this is where I want to go because this is how I identify. And by the way, Cal, I don't know that she has. Caitlin has had any. Any surgeries? I don't. So I don't. That's speculation. I'm, we don't I'm know. I'm uncomfortable calling him she. Uh, yeah, or whatever. I can't whatever. Wrap my brain around that. But but whatever. I'm not trying yeah. to be discriminatory. Yeah, no, no, no. I just oh. don't get it. Like, yeah. But, but anyway. But you, we don't know whether there's been surgery. Yeah, and or we not. don't know whether someone can go in as a as a transvestite or a crossdresser or right. or a person who's. It sounds in like they can if they bring say, the lawsuit. Hey, apparently, if you can go in and pay the money and yep. go in. I think this is the way it is. Is they keep it the way it is. However, if a person walks in and says, I bet bucks, they'll, no, I don't want to bet anything. But but what if they walk in and say, I'm a male and I want to join, they have to probably say, okay. You know, but they, they don't like advertise it that way. That's what it looks like to me. Uh, what, Denise? My get? head is going in a bad place. I, what's uh, the name of that billionaire that used to show his mangina? Oh, that guy that was the, <laughs> the, guy, the $75 million guy that had the... The one that just got yeah, like just all got, these lawsuits yeah, against him and kind of lost. Of that guy, guy had more problems. Than, okay, yeah. okay, all right. Next, so. next, we're going to learn a little bit about people who go to credit repair. And because oh. we have talked about food, we've talked about exercise, and then we'll talk about money, the three areas where people have the most common New Year's resolutions next time on Case. All no right. Case. So, Todd, you and I got a point, and Denise uh, is a bad 2020 for you so I'm, far. I'm, what are our points? Our points were well, kind of well, catching you up. Know, it, I'm it, not that far. I'm still ahead of you, Fred. I know. Everybody's ahead of me. I, I, would, I would say it's a bad 2020 in terms of her not being able to get a point, but the damage done to her point total and her competition has been very minimal since you and I, or, well, you've only gotten three, I've gotten two, so she hasn't fallen that far behind. Yeah. For you. That's right. Okay, hey, let's we, talk about... You know, when we thought you were going to be late, we are going to do double points. Yeah. 
Figured. <laughs> 2020. I, I, I sent them a text saying I'm going to be four to five minutes late, and Siri changed it to I'm going to be 45 minutes late. <laughs> yeah, we saw that. We're like, all and right. I, and I told like, Denise okay. double points on case or no case. <laughs> all right, <laughs> here we go. We got to talk about the the latest lawsuits of 2020. We've been talking about that hour number one or our hour number two. Uh, as I always say, deodorant applied and breath mints put in. So we're ready to roll. Here's the interesting one. What we do here at Radio Law Talk is a lot of people are talking about this, and it's throughout the news. It's in all these little articles, but they just briefly talk about it. But we dig deep, and Cal doesn't do this, but I'm telling you, we've got Todd digging deep understanding this law and how it applies. But most people are just saying, Guess what? You cannot now discriminate against dreadlocks, cornrows, or braids, uh, or hairstyles, uh, because that is part of uh, a person's race. And this new law that comes in by a Democrat out of Los Angeles is now saying that these dress and grooming standards are have an unfair impact on African Americans, and therefore they're discriminatory. And, and the first thing I thought is, what about those people who have dress standards, you know? And I get it, dreadlocks, and I, you know, I get it, that's, you know, uh, or, or braids or cornrows, but what if their dress standards are such that you can't have that? You can't have piercings in your lips or whatever you want in certain areas. Are they allowed to do that anymore in businesses? So, Todd, you've delved d- deep into it. How does it apply? Yeah, so what the law... Contrary to the way it's being pitched in the media, which is, oh, my gosh, a new anti-discrimination law based on hair. And and a lot of people even forgot to look that this was supposed to be an anti-discrimination based on race type law. So they started thinking, oh, my. So somebody comes in with spiky hair and all this kind of stuff. I got to hire them without that. No, the law doesn't apply to any of that. What the California legislature did was in the education code and in the government code, they added some language to the definition of race. And what they added was you've got the the definition of of protected classes that can't be discriminated against. And in both sections, they add this language race is inclusive of traits historically associated with race, including but not limited to hair texture and protective hairstyles. And they define protective hairstyles as including but not limited to braids, locks, and twists. And all this really does is further the way somebody can be potentially in violation of racial discrimination if their hiring decision is based upon that person's hair and that person's hair is typically associated with the race. So real-world application, somebody comes in with an afro, okay, that's typically associated with African-American individuals, and if they didn't hire them because of that, it's not hair discrimination, that's racial discrimination. What if a white person walks in with a hair afro? Well... If the white person walks in, that's not something typically associated with that race. What if they were not pure white, but they're kind of uh, more of a tan skin? How do you do that? Well, so <laughs> I'm seriously. This I, is I, I, how, where does this go? I'm all I'm talking about. Those of you out there, listen, there's a slippery slope we call it. And in law. here is why I, I I should I should back up. Maybe the if a if a white person walks in and they have an afro or they have cornrows or or whatever or dreads uh, or dreads. Look, that might be race discrimination for this reason. I know several individuals in my acting and stuff that 
to look at them, I wouldn't be able to tell you what their race was based upon the color of their skin. Right. One guy, individual, in particular I know, says, look, I'm African-American. He doesn't look African-American to me because his hair doesn't look that way and right. and, and his skin is... Lighter, a little bit lighter. A little bit lighter. I wouldn't be able to tell anything. It doesn't matter. I had a friend that's Mexican that has blue yeah. eyes, and he has light skin. And but he came from Juarez, Mexico, yeah. which is kind of a more. Uh, it's interesting. You look at him. You, you, there's no way he looks Hispanic. So my point is, you can't tell somebody's heritage or race based solely upon looking at their skin. So if somebody comes into your establishment and they appear to be Caucasian or appear to be Latino, but they're wearing cornrows or they have an Afro and you say, I'm not going to hire you, their argument would be, well, actually, I'm African-American. You're not hiring me because of my hair. And the law says that's race. We're going to be back. We're going to talk more about this when we come back from the break. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. If you are trying to quit drinking or doing too many drugs, listen to me. You don't know me and we'll never meet. I had a problem like you once. I drank and used to party a little too much till it got out of control and almost ruined my life. I realized I needed help to fix my problem before it totally destroyed me. If you've tried to fix your drinking and drug problem and you know you can't do it alone, you need to call the National Treatment Advisors. They'll immerse you. I guarantee your ride will steal the show. Come on, quick, quack, car, walk. Don't drive that dirty. Oh, come on. Time to get back to Radio Law Talk on RadioLawTalk.com and on your favorite radio station. Yeah, we're back. Uh, sorry, we uh, cut out a little uh, quickly while Todd was talking. My fault. My uh, no, fault. Okay. Sorry, guys. Ka- sorry, Cal, guys. We're, uh, you, we, we've cut your salary by uh, 30 cents. Dang it. Dang it. <laughs> my bad. So, uh, so, so anyway, getting back to the... Uh, back up a little bit. We yeah, were talking about that. We're talking about the hairstyle law in California, what it's been posed as. It's really just a an addition to the definition of race in California and how it applies in both schools and in the employment context. And essentially, what it does is it adds to the definition by saying race also includes um, characteristics typically associated with race, such as hair texture and protective hairstyles. And by hairstyles, they refer to, and this is in the code, braids, locks, or twists. Okay. And so... And I said what? Fred had asked the question, what if, what if somebody who appears white comes in, or, or or a Caucasian person comes in, but they've got an afro, they've got corn- or appears Caucasian. Yeah, appears Caucasian, and they have cornrows, or they have um, they have a hairstyle that's typically associated with African Americans. All right? right, and you decided not to hire them. Well, I think that you would expose yourself in a situation like that to race discrimination because you can't look at somebody's color of their skin right now and conclusively determine their racial background. I Over the break, I showed a picture to my colleagues of three friends of mine, and one of them was African-American, and in looking at them, they all had very similar skin tones, and nobody could decide which one was African-American, which one was Latino, which one was Caucasian, and you just couldn't tell 
by looking at the picture. Right. And so if you if somebody comes in and they have that hairstyle and you don't hire them because you can't tell and shouldn't be able to tell based on the on the skin color, you expose yourself to racial discrimination. So 855 Law Radio, you can call in and and tell us what you think or 855-529 Seven two three four eight five 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 two nine seven two three four. Here, here's the the interesting question. Also, is where does this slippery slope go? That's what I always bring up. A slippery slope is you're starting down the path where you you're no matter what you do, you're discriminating. You know what I mean? Because you can't. Okay, now it's the okay. How do you tell with the skin color? How do you tell with the now it's the hair? Now, I mean, how do you know? I mean, me. Everyone's. I, I seriously put this on an application the other day. What race? I did not put Caucasian. I put other. And everyone's like, well, you're Caucasian. No. I'm, I'm like 22 different things. There's so many different things in my back. You go back and look at my genealogy. I'm Chippewa Indian. My family uh, comes from Chippewa Indian line. It's just there's all kinds of just mixture in me and a lot of people in America now. When I was in, we all took the... We all took in law school the class Trusts and Estates, I believe. That was one of the mandatory classes that everybody had to take because you talk about wills and things like that. And one of the things I found interesting that is that in the Trusts and Estates class, they said, genetically speaking, everybody on the earth is no further distant than 12th cousins Wow. because of the way genetics works and, and all of that. And so, yeah, to a certain extent, everybody has... Some sort of background. There is no, very rare to find anybody that would be ethnically homogenous to one area without any sort of DNA or somebody coming in from a different area. We're we're all people. Now the DNA, the yeah. DNA stuff's so big, it shows where you're coming from all types of areas. I've taken upon myself the habit of writing prefer not to state, because I don't want to reveal private information about myself to people anyway. So if they ask for race, how much I make, my education, I just put prefer not to state. And then I don't, and I don't. Yeah. Uh, now, a, a couple of things. And I was talking to Denise, uh, talking with Denise about this during the break. We have tried at Radio Law Talk to set up what the law is designed to apply to and how the law is designed to apply. And it's difficult to do that without sometimes sounding like you yourself are racist because of having to explain the way the law works and and what the law is designed to protect against. And I want to be clear, just personally speaking, and I, I'm sure I speak for Fred and Denise right. as well, that I don't make it a habit to go around and try to, well, I wonder if that person is this ethnic background or that... People are just people. The, the three friends that I talked about, it, it was only for purposes of demonstrating an example and how you, you, you can't tell if you were Sometimes that type you of can. person, yeah. if you were trying to discriminate or to delineate. But that's just not how I work. In the law, I should also say that there are also exceptions for bona fide security reasons and bona fide qualifications in this new law. In this new law. Explain that. And, and what that means is... That if there is a specific reason why there has to be a certain grooming standard, for first one that comes to mind is the food preparation industry. If you have a hairstyle that it is impossible to guarantee and protect that hair is not going to fall into the food, then that's an issue. If, if it's a security issue, if you have to wear a helmet and your hair is such that a helmet cannot fit on. Although, 
looking at the NFL these days and some of the hairstyles oh, the players, dreadlocks, yeah. I would find it very difficult to be able, for an employer to be able to make that argument because these guys can wear helmets. But still, if it presents a security issue, if it's a qualified reason why the business has to have a certain appearance code, then there's an exception. Interestingly enough, there's also an exception for parents who employ their kids. A parent, if they want to employ their kid, can still say, you're getting a haircut. Yeah. <laughs> if What's, they want to. Yeah, I'm curious, and I haven't seen this yet in the NFL. <laughs> and I watch, I like watching the NFL to some degree. And the, the, I've seen guys with dreads or, or cornrows that are so long they're down in the middle of the back. I, I, let us know if you know the, the rules. Can someone tackle a guy and grab his, his yes. dreads and flip yep. him and just rip his head off? Yeah, can he? Yes. It's, oh, my so, gosh. So he, here's, here's something that's interesting, okay? Do you know what a horse collar tackle is? Yes, yes. I do. So a horse collar tackle, for those of you who don't know, is you know the, uh, the you got the collar of the shirt, and then you have the, the pads that go around for the helmet or for the, the shoulder pads. And if you reach up and grab onto the back of the shoulder pad or the side of the shoulder pad, and you're using that to pull the the runner down when you go to tackle them, that's a horse collar tackle. All right? Illegal. You can't do it. Do you remember the Pittsburgh Steelers safety, Troy Polamalu? He had, Polynesian had very long hair. I mean, it goes down halfway down his back. He had intercepted the ball and was running, and the wide receiver went to go tackle him and tackled him by grabbing onto his hair and pulling him down. Everybody thought it was a horse collar tackle. Nope. You grabbed the hair. You didn't grab the shoulder pads. There was nothing wrong with it. Although I don't know if they've changed the rule, but right now, uh, it, I the last time I saw it was there. It was free game, fair part, game. It was part of the uniform, part of who you what you you wow. choose to put it out there. Yeah. 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 All right, let's go to uh, again. We, we we're nationwide. We're we are syndicated uh, all over the place. Our our radio law talk, but we're just we're not necessarily picking on California, but this is just some big topics that have popped out have come out of California, and that happens a lot. New York, California, a lot of stuff, but California's war on private property is an issue here. I mean, we got the Fifth Amendment and the Fourteenth Amendment, the Due Process Clause, and the Fifth Amendment, the Taking Clause, basically protects property rights. Um, now, the 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 issue here is. In Oakland, California, and this is true in the Bay Area, San Francisco, Oakland, it's very expensive to live. I mean, people, you just it's just almost impossible to live there to make enough money. And there's these companies coming in and buying these homes and flipping them. They, they buy them, they, they renovate them, and they flip them and make good money because very wealthy people or people that do well, a lot of them in the, in the industry, the computer industry, come in and they buy those homes and it's close to work. So what's happened is there's a woman who has two little children, decided to squat, moved into a house that was vacant, and they, they some say she broke in, and others say, no, it wasn't a break-in. She just somehow walked in. I, to me, look, it's not your house. You don't just walk in it. That, to me, that's breaking in. But semantically, they're saying a quote wasn't a break-in. She just went in there and moved in and says now she has the right to live there as long as she wants while it's vacant well, because, I think she I... has, because she has rights. Because she has a right, uh, and this is going to be a constitutional argument, uh, 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 a human right to have housing. 
that's the uh, right she's claiming. Right, and you got to get to the bottom of Oakland, and lots of Bay Area's cities are exactly the same. There are so many people that are homeless, right? And they have all these investors that come in and buy up the property, and they're keeping them empty until the opportunity to flip them comes, and the markets are such that they can make money. Right. So there's a huge argument that this should not be occurring. These huge investors should not be allowed to hold on to property that's empty. They need to put it for public good. And Oh, that's a property right issue. Ooh. I know. I know. You're opening a can of worms. I hear you. Sounds so, like but, eminent domain. Yeah, but we're going to talk about that when we come back, and we will get into the property rights and what's called adverse possession, too. And after we do that, when we come, when we come back from the break, we're going to talk a little more about that. We're going to argue both sides. We'll be back. Can, can someone just move into your house and stay there? Well, some people think maybe, so we'll talk about that and more after this on Radio Law Talk. Advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Warning, don't let your business get left behind in what is likely to be the biggest economic boom in recent history. If you need to build for your business to grow, call General Steel today for a pre-engineered steel building designed for your needs. No wasted space. Steel prices are expected to rise, but you can still lock in your price on a General Steel building. And you can still save as much as half the cost and time of conventional construction. As much as half. But you must call now. If you need a church building, office, warehouse, manufacturing space, retail space, or more, call General Steel today. You can still get the General's 50-year structural warranty and General Steel steel quality, all at a price you can afford. So don't let rising steel prices put your project out of reach and stop you from making your company great. 800-617-9312. 800-617-9312. That's 800-617-9312. Dish TV is better than cable TV. Why? Because you can save 45% on packages compared to your high-priced cable bill. Wow. Take those giant scissors out and cut the cable and save with Dish TV. Plus, you get a free DVR upgrade to record your favorite shows and free installation. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch TV for free on your mobile device. Act fast. You can save hundreds of dollars. Does your cable company do that for you? I don't think so. Get all the best TV programming at your fingertips at a fraction of the price of cable TV. So say adios, arrivederci, goodbye to the high cable bill, and save up to 45% on Dish TV packages today. These are limited time offers and can change at any time. Call fast. 800-814-5108. 800-814-5108. 800-814-5108. That's 800-814-5108. Many women have so many clothes in the closet, but then we go to get dressed and find we have nothing to wear. So- ah! 
We've all been there. We all want to be comfortable and fashionable at the same time. And it's difficult to find clothing that makes that task effortless. But at Letty & Company, you can find trendy, comfortable clothing that is affordable. Things you'll want to wear every day. Shop with a purpose online with free shipping. Just go to lettyandcompany.com. lettyandcompany.com. If you're one of those independent people who wants your own business and you love food service, we just might have a great opportunity for you. Iceberg Drive-Ins. Iceberg is famous for its thick shakes and delicious food. We lend you our supply chain and expertise, and you can potentially have a thriving, successful, fun business that your customers will love. Iceberg Drive-Ins has some prime areas available right now, so if you're interested, get in touch with us right away. Go to icebergdrivein.com and click on the Contact Us button. Iceberg Drive-In. Ready to grow with you. Eva Marie smoked 12,000 packs of cigarettes over 15 years. She quit, and now there's a new lung cancer screening that could save her life. You stopped smoking, now start screening. No matter how much you smoked, early detection could save you. Talk to your doctor or learn more at savedbythescan.org. This is Radio Law Talk. And now, back to the show. Yeah, it's, re it's, it's real life in California here in Oakland where property rights owners are saying uh, you, you don't have a right to come in and adversely possess or take uh, our properties just because, you know, you are homeless and need a house. And that's what their argument is. There are rules and regulations, and every state's different. Make sure you look at your state. Because there, even if they walk in your house and sit in your house or squat in your house, there are ways <coughs> you you have to kick them out. It's not just you know walk in there and throw them out. You have to go through a process. There's a thing in California and other states also, because it's all different. Um, but there's a thing called adverse possession. That's where you you know go in and take over a piece of property. And there's ways to do it. That's it's old old-fashioned law out of England that is kind of antiquated. But you know, for example. I, you know, and again, don't quote me on all the details because I don't handle this area of law. But I, I know in general, for example, you know, there's there's certain things to adversely possess or take over a, a piece of property. You have to pay taxes for five years on the on the uh, the property. You have to be there. You know, there, there's a number of factors, and it's difficult to do that. Yeah, you have to be open in your possession. It has to be hostile to the owner's title and right to possession, and you have to continuously possess it for um, five years, and then you have to pay the taxes, the property taxes on it for five years. And when we talk about being open and hostile, it's it's to protect against something like this. Let's say let's say you, let's say Fred owns a hundred acres in Northern California, and some and, and there's a cabin up there, and Fred never goes there, and some guy sneaks on the property and lives in that cabin for five years and just nobody knows he's there and nobody knows, you know, Fred's paying the taxes every year on the property. The guy can't come out at that point and say, oh, I've been here five years or longer. It's mine because nobody knew he was there. It's got to be an openly contested thing so that you can essentially go to court to say, look, the homeowner knew I was there. They did nothing to, to kick me out to right. do anything. I was there. They knew I was there. It's all about giving notice and I wasn't told to leave. So... 
But yeah, it is five years, and you have to pay the taxes for five years. And so in this case that we're talking about here in Oakland, clearly the adverse possession elements weren't met, but they're trying otherwise to still be able to gain access of the home. Uh, for... They have to be deemed to have possession. And that's that's where it <laughs> that's comes Cal's down. Cough. Excuse me, I'm sorry. That's Cal's cough. Because close, usually, sorry. usually with with this type of a case, <laughs> it, it arises out of a lease, you know, or some sort of a contract, um, or a renter tenant type of a situ or a landlord tenant type of a situation. And in this case, the moms for housing, yes. they don't have anything like that. Well, here's so here's the, that's a, that's a good argument. They're arguing that this is <clears throat> quote big predatory banks and real estate speculators that are coming in uh, that are kind of pushing these people out because they can't afford it, and uh, no one should be homeless. Uh, this is their argument, the plaintiffs. No one should be homeless while an investor own, uh, owns a uh, home that's sitting empty. Now, I say this, and I, and I say that because I've, I've brought this up before, and we're going to argue both sides. You know, a quote, I'm going to quote this. Predatory big banks and real estate speculators and wealthy real estate people, basically, is the argument. So if that's the case, I always bring this up, why can't you go rob a bank? And that should be legal because they're, they're big money, they have money, and they're rich. Therefore, is it legal to rob a bank? That's my question, Denise, on that side. So because they're, pre quote, predatory banks and they're big wealthy real estate speculators, does that mean that they have no rights under the Constitution, just like this other individual? Well, the we, we know be, they, they, they do. do. They do. They but do. that's the our argument. Yeah, the question is, what can a locality, like the city council or, or county commission, uh, what can they do when they do have these empty houses that are investment houses um, and they have such huge population of homeless. What do they, what can they do? So there's a mechanism in place that happens all the time when the government needs property that is privately owned for some legitimate governmental purpose. And if the locality here decides that it is in the government's interest that, that a private individual no longer have the right to control their property because another individual needs housing and the government wants to come in and force the homeowner to allow another person to live there, then this falls, in my opinion, under something akin to eminent domain because the government is saying, we have a governmental interest that overrides your individual interest in this property. The governmental interest being providing housing for the homeless. And so you have to let them come in and live there. Well, if that's the case, if they have taken away the right to exclude from the property owner under eminent domain, <coughs> then they are responsible, in my opinion, for paying the homeowner the reasonable fair market value of that property. And if it's temporary, it can be rent. If the people come in and destroy the property, then the, the government should be on the hook for it. But that's the mechanism. You pay you pay what it's worth. Yeah, but to take it to take it from them with no compensation to the homeowner, no fair market value compensation to the homeowner is is not right. And and to the argument that people have the right to housing, look, housing for everyone would be great, but I believe that the word right is overly expanded. The word rights really arises and starts when you consider the Declaration of Independence, which reads that all people, I'm going to say people instead of men because 
it's 2020, all people are created equal that they are endowed by their creator with inherent and certain inalienable rights. That means you have the right to this. You enjoy this thing for no other reason than the fact that you exist. And in the Declaration of Independence, they have said that among those are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Okay, now there might be other things, but I think it's very difficult for somebody to say, because I exist, I am entitled to housing, or because I exist, I am entitled to government-funded health care. Well, what about people who exist that have no governments? What about people who exist that live in an area where there is no housing? Okay. But they're not Americans, though. So well, that's well, the but, but the thing is, the Constitution says you're entitled to this because you exist and the Creator endowed you with this. Gotcha. Everybody, no matter what Everybody. country you yes. live in, you get these. Yeah. So, uh, so look, yours, right. the need for housing may be something, but it's not a right. It's not a right. It, 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 maybe the government should provide it. Maybe that should happen. But it's not a right on par with the other rights that we enjoy, like freedom of religion, uh the right to free speech, the right, you know, to keep the government. Rights are things that exist to keep the government from taking stuff away from you, not things that exist that require the government to affirmatively give it to you. So it's interesting on this. I, I've read a couple of arguments both sides, but one of the arguments is uh, the, the, the issue is that they're talking about the state of California has made it so costly and expensive to remove people from homes that it's cheaper, easier, and less of a hassle for them just to leave them vacant. They would love to probably temporarily put someone in. And that's what the argument is. A lot of these big companies say, I want to put someone in and get some rent while we're there. But it's so cumbersome and difficult to kick them out, it's worth just leaving it vacant. And I know of a person that that actually happened. They have a house and they're like, you know what? We're just we're just going to leave it vacant because uh, they want to sell it, but they've got it for about eight months. We're just going to leave it vacant because it's too much. How of a big the aggrieved party is is irrelevant. The homeowner, well, a big company is just a big bank. That's like saying stealing from Walmart is less theft of stealing from a small private merchant. It doesn't matter. Theft right. is theft. Right. That's, not, that's a key point. I don't think that's come up in this discussion. If you're if you're trespassing, you can't say, well, it's just Bank of America or whatever. No, you're trespassing. That's what. Yes. That's just me. If there is a right to housing, the right to housing says that the government cannot come in and tell you you're not entitled to own a home. If there's a right to housing, it is a right to protect people from the government from saying you can't have a house. It's not a right to say the government to come in and have to provide you with a house. They just can't keep you from having one. I think an interesting thing is you bring a mother with two small children, wonderful, probably beautiful family. And it's just, it pulls at the heartstrings. And that's why I think the judge took it under submission. Well, hour number two is done. And look, we had a great time. Join us hour number three. If your radio station doesn't have you on, go to www.radiolawtalk.com. Go to our podcast. You can listen to our podcast or you can click on the live and listen to us live. Join us third hour if you'd like to with Denise, myself, Todd Cunin, and our producer, Cal Hunter. We'll be back. This is Radio Law Talk. Stay tuned. Another hour is coming up. You have been listening to RadioLawTalk.com, a copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated.
age of 50 and considering buying an annuity in the next 60 days, I have some important news for you. Don't buy an annuity until you understand the pros and cons of annuities. A free book to help you maximize your retirement income from television host and three-time author Josh Melberg has been released. This book reveals little-known truths about annuity strategies in simple-to-understand terms. Grab a pen right now because we are about to offer you this free book that unlocks the five little-known secrets we believe baby boomers and seniors should know before buying an annuity. Call 800-985-1813 now and you'll receive a free copy of Josh Milberg's book, Next Gen Annuity Strategies Revealed. As a bonus, we'll also send you a copy of The Number One Mistakes Retirees Are Making With Their Investments Today and a free DVD on how you can get up to 33% more income in retirement. Call 800-985-1813 now. Again, that's 800-985-1813. Employees of J.D. Milberg Financial have the appropriate licenses for the products they offer.